and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. I'm Adam Gobeski, and please welcome our two very regular guests, Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. And Doug Gobeski. A pleasure, as always. And so uh, we we have reached the point of the summer pandemic summer. <laughs> Where we're gonna we're gonna figure out what we're gonna talk about. That's right. It's time for topics. <laughs> Yay! There is some cruise news. It's not particularly. Right, well, uh, yeah, hold on. Let me look at Q theme. Cruise news. Cruise news. Emergency. Is it? Hey, is this a cruise news? Is this a cruise news? Dang it! I type in Ted Cruz and then emergency afterward. <laughs> when I was Googling. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, uh, I backed out of it, but hold on. There might be some more interesting cruise news than I thought. Uh, Texas Emergency Resource and Information. Okay. Uh, Fox News says, American Airlines reviewing matter after Dem operative tweets pick of Ted Cruz flying without a mask. All right. No, that wasn't interesting. Wow. But, I mean, that presupposes that any Ted Cruz news is actually interesting. <laughs> I guess that is part of it. I'm just bit. impressed that he can fly. <laughs> well, he was photoshopped onto a onto a plane. That was the uh, controversial thing. Oh, was he just... Was uh, it? I don't know what's real uh, I, I, in the uh, pandemic. <laughs> no, I didn't read that. What I, well, The actual Cruz news was that China announced retaliatory sanctions against Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Them specifically? Yes, them specifically. <laughs> All right. The, these two who have, I think, abs- presumably no holdings in China or related to China, basically just as an insult towards those two. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know they got into the importer business. It's like, as a retaliation for U.S. imposed sanctions, but I guess, I don't know. I have to read into I this. I mean, they got to really going to hurt their pop-up shop in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I got to imagine that's only going to help their re-election chances. No, that's true. Because anyone who would vote for them would, would probably be pretty upset if they were having dealings with China. Why is this an emergency? <laughs> it's well, news. There's just, I'm sure, unknown sources of funding that they've just suddenly lost. They need our help. We need to donate right now. Can I, can I just donate my thoughts and prayers? <laughs> I'll I'll add mine on top. Be right back. I'm gonna go get some cookies. <laughs> that probably is the right response. <laughs> mm, do I have any cookies? I don't think I do. I I ate all my snacks at lunch today. It's tragic. I have some peanut butter M Ms, but I'm trying to ration them and not eat the sharing size bag in a sitting. Yeah, it's so easy to do. Yeah, that's why you have to go put it somewhere inconvenient and then not move it from that spot. Because then you have to make conscious decisions to go eat them rather than just, oh, I put my hand down next to my chair and suddenly it was full of M&Ms. Like how I like bought like fruit snacks and moon pies and then like opened the boxes and dumped them into a different like box and then just set that box on my couch. (laughs) How long did it last? (laughs) A few days. Oh, good. (laughs) But I mean, it was a lot. These were big boxes, but it was just, it's like my buddy on the couch, you know, it's got mm-hmm. a permanent spot, <laughs> snack box. Mm-hmm. What was the actual cruise news? Do we even know at this point? Uh, no, just the sanctions that were specifically named against Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. All right. I just thought it was interesting. 
Hmm. So wait, are the Chinese just racist or what? The <laughs> thought had crossed my mind, but I, I guess it has to do with their criticism of the way that uh, China persecutes religious minorities. Can you be racist against only two specific people? No, no, no. I'm saying they targeted those two because they're racist. <laughs> oh. Oh. Against uh, Hispanics? Wait, who? I don't understand who's racist anymore. Besides the everyone. Chinese. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think we're segueing into Doug's new segment here. <laughs> no. <laughs> All the right ideas? No. With Doug? <laughs> Adam seems to be objecting. Shouldn't that be all the right moves, first of all? And second of all, no. (laughs) Wait, why is it all the right moves? Because it's a segue? Well, no, because that's the name of the movie. Might as well go all the way on the pun. You don't want to get sued, do you? Uh, I feel like if we're going to get sued, it's not going to be for that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Paul, you're up. With topics? Topics. Uh... Hmm. T-O-P-I-C-S. Oh, okay. All right. I thought we were going to talk about Topics.com again. No. Which? I mean, we could, because when I go to Topics.com, it says Topics Farewell. What? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Wait, what? Were they destroyed by the pandemic as well? Uh, Apparently. I think it's gone. Wait, really? Why don't you go to PCH Quizzes instead? Oh, yeah. Well, there's Topics.net. Right. Topics is a company retooled from the ground up to succeed in today's media landscape. <laughs> that gives me love. That's like what you want to put on your homepage. So apparently, Topics LLC is not affiliated in any manner with Tokyo Stock Exchange Incorporated. Uh, apparently, we've uh, we're behind the ball. They shut down in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like we talked. About, I feel like we were there like more recently, but maybe it has been that long. Well, oh, apparently, topics was perhaps um, not great. I'm gonna get a virus or at least the forums, which site. you know, all things are. Oh yeah, all forums are bad. So I like that their about page is still you know working. Like it still still discusses it like an ongoing concern. All right, well, <laughs> rest in pieces, topics. So what do you got, Paul? Um, boy. Did you ever watch Cabin Boy? I did. Oh. I did. It was great. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a real, you know, it's a modern classic. I feel like I need to watch the special features, though, to really. Have you watched it. the commentary track yet? Yeah. Yeah. That No, I haven't done that yet. So I think, I think that'll really, it seems like a good movie that would be a good movie to watch the commentary for, you know, like to really just know what was going on in their heads yeah. when, when they put that to film. <laughs> <laughs> so the like, so idea was the chocolate milk. Uh. <laughs> Let's talk about the spitting cupcake. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so did you find anything relatable about the movie, Paul? Uh, yes. <laughs> and that was it the fancy lab boarding school? Yeah, and I, I, I myself sometimes feel like a, a fancy lad on the water, a fancy lad at sea. Oh yeah, on what boat? The well kept lady. Yeah, is that was that the yeah the well the well kept <laughs> lady? <laughs> <laughs> huh. The fine upstanding. Uh, Did we watch the same movie? Ten- 
I'll be honest, I haven't watched Cabin Boy in a very, very long time. We almost watched it last night. I threatened Brienne with it, but she talked me out of it. So, (laughs) (laughs) What did you, wait, talk you out of it? She was like, I'm just not feeling Cabin Boy right now. I need something that I don't have to pay close attention to. And I was like, you don't have to pay close attention to Cabin Boy. (laughs) She was like, nevertheless, I'm not in the right headspace for it. I was like, all right. You know, and I, I wonder if I was in the right headspace when I watched it. Because it was like, I wasn't planning on watching it, but I just started it. Well, as long as I ripped it. <laughs> and oh, then man. I was like, well, I've watched the first minute, so now I've got to watch the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> canceled <Sorry>. my plans. <laughs> like so many cookies on the cooling rack. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely in the right hunger space for these cookies. Oh. What kind? Chocolate chip. Okay. Yeah, pretty much just the basic Toll House recipe with a few modifications. Like I added some espresso. Um, I used le- I used half the baking soda. I know you said espresso, but my brain briefly substituted asparagus instead, and then I was like, "That's a weird <laughs> cookie." Hmm. So I guess my question is, when can we expect Charlie to create that for the podcast? Ugh. Chocolate chip asparagus cookies. Well, so far the the I thought the premise was it has to be done with things that are around. <laughs> but I guess the last oh, one okay. I prepared well, for. <laughs> well, all right. Well, how about this? <laughs> Chocolate chip cookie bites on a shish kebab, but instead of a shish kebab, it's an asparagus stock, and you get to eat the whole thing. <laughs> all right, future episode, I guess. Like a cooked asparagus stock. I mean, it wouldn't hold as well on that, but. Or are they cooked together? Hmm. Like a roasted, you know, roasted in the oven. Okay. You know, it's it's not limp and soggy unless you're doing it wrong. But <laughs> obviously you're going to have to, you know. But it's not raw either. Pre, pre-punch. Yeah, no, it's not raw. You're going to have to pre-punch the hole through the cookie bites for the asparagus to, to enter without problem. Everyone's envisioning this, right? I'm trying. I mean, I would be, but I'm busy eating cookies. I feel like you could get through it by like just concentrating on one flavor or the other and pretending the other one didn't exist. Like if you just tell yourself, I'm just eating a cookie right now. Well, obviously we have to put that to the test. I know. I know. Yeah. Finally, an excuse for Charlie to spend more time in a ditch. (laughs) What? Collecting the asparagus. Oh, I just thought you meant uh, I would pass out or something. No, please don't pass out while collecting the asparagus. We might drown. I just, I just thought you meant that that's how low his life had become if he was considering (laughs) this. (laughs) Asparagus and chocolate chip cookies together. You must live in a ditch. (laughs) I mean, I think even if I were in dire straits, I would probably eat them separately. (laughs) I'm not sure I would combine them. Would you be? Would you be Mark Knopfler in Dire Straits, or would you be someone else? Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Knopfler because I don't. Who is someone else in Dire Straits? I mean, you could be David Knopfler, right? Oh, the other Knopfler. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know there were so many Knopflers. Ooh, I could be someone named Pick Withers. That's a good name for a musician. Yeah, Pick. Strum. Although he's he's a drummer, though he's percussionist. Huh. <laughs> well then. <laughs> That 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 goes that theory goes out the window. <laughs> you play the drums, so I'm going to call you Pick. <laughs> you know, it's like how Tiny Ron is like seven feet tall. 
It's a joke. Maybe it was just a side project. He really was a, a guitar player. It could be, yeah. Like, he didn't expect that band to take off. Wikipedia doesn't explain why he's called Pick. Hmm. Oh, well. So, uh, what was Paul's topic? Cabin. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Cabin Boy. I was trying to think of, of others, but I just... But... Well... That was your topic, so. Yep, that's, I mean, you you get one, right? It'll so. come around again. Don't you worry. <laughs> if you've thought of something else, save it up. <laughs> it's hard to think of things that feel topical-ish without being bad. <laughs> or trivial in the face of bad. <laughs> like Wait, anything what's... about video games, like that. Hey, speaking of video games, I played one of the Itch.io bundle games yesterday. Oh, yeah? What bundle is that? It was the Itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. Yeah, so I I played one of the uh, games on there. 2000 to 1, A Space Felony. What was it called? Something like... Or How I Learned to Value My Life and Murder Mercilessly? (laughs) Look, it was basically a movie... No way to look this up. It's basically a, a game about uh, killing Hal from 2001. Oh, oh, so it's like uh, Dave Bowman on trial? Yeah. Oh, I haven't actually bothered to watch that movie. Uh, they put like, him on trial? Like, ever? Like, actually sit down and pay attention to the whole thing? Yeah. No? Have you seen the, the sequence with Hal? Like I've seen bits and pieces where him. he's, like, singing Daisy. Oh, yeah, well, no. the next time you... Can get a flight to come visit, so 2024? I'll have to pull out my HD DVD copy, and we can watch it. Ooh. Oh, man. You know, I... So, uh, wait, they put they put Dave on trial for what? Turning off the computer? Well, no, they don't, but you're <laughs> suggesting that this premise is what if they had. Oh. <laughs> what if... What if instead of becoming the star child, so I guess spoilers for 2001, um, they instead arrested him and put him on trial. He returns to Earth and is put on trial for um, the murder of a, of a sentient computer yeah. and destruction of government property. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's congratulations. You're already familiar with the twist, apparently. That's a twist. Oh. Yeah, like you, you, uh, you spend all this time investigating the murders that were committed by the computer, and then you learn that oh, we're we're going to put you on trial for for turning off the computer because it was a in, it was you know an evil murdering computer, and you had been instructed that you know if you determine that it's guilty of murder, you need to shut it down. How is Dave's defense not self-defense? Because Hal's trying oh, to murder oh. him. Well, in this in this case, Dave actually gets uh, murked along with everyone else on the crew. And then some space cop shows up later to uh, piece together all the murders. Wait, and the space cop gets put on trial? Yeah, that's the twist. Why? Uh, so I have a theory. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> this kind of game. <laughs> so... Pretty much you you piece together how all of the different people died and determine that uh, I, I think the final body count was three people were actively murdered by the computer. One person was murdered by a crewmate who later killed herself. 
And then one other guy uh, got stranded in deep space and committed suicide because he was, you know, stranded in deep space. It's not like that's really ambiguous that, oh, you know, maybe they just went crazy and killed each other. It's like, no, no, it was very clear that the computer was like, didn't like the idea that he had to uh, abort the mission. And so he decided to uh, pretend the communications array was down and then murder anyone who tried to uh, fix the communications array, which wasn't actually broken, you know, because then they'd figure it out. And so pretty much he just murders people, lies about it, convinces them to kill each other, et cetera, et cetera. And you get to the end and they're, they're like, okay, so I think we've, uh, you know, finished our reconstruction of uh, your investigation. Uh, well, we didn't have your microphone on, so we're going to put you on trial. <laughs> and so then, so then another AI declares you guilty. What? Right? <laughs> why? I still don't understand why the investigator is being put on trial. Oh, well, he shut down the computer. Again? No. So you, so you, once, so you present all of the evidence to the oh, computer. Dave to never ha- gets to the point where he shuts it down. Oh, okay. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that Dave presents the evidence to Hal that uh, hell killed all these people or caused them to die. You know, it's responsible for their deaths. And then Hal confesses that he was, oh, he was, he was afraid that he was going to uh, be shut down. And so he had to kill everyone. And so then if you proceed to uh, finish shutting hell down, then you get declared guilty. Apparently, if you don't go all the way, if you don't actually kill him, uh, well, hurt him off i guess then they declare you innocent but the whole thing is very just not well done <laughs> in, in terms of the writing and the the only way in which i was able to make it make sense in my head was to assume that it's a critique of the judicial system and policing in america kind of sounds like that episode of sherlock with the guy who was convincing people to kill themselves so as best as I can tell, the the difference between the two endings is that it's pretty unequivocal that the the Hal computer, which they actually call Mal, um, wow, totally, yeah, right. Just to make it real apparent, yeah, it pretty much comes down to his defense is you know his excuse is, oh, he was afraid for his life. It's kind of like how a, a police officer, all they need to do is uh, just say that they were afraid for their life and they can murder with impunity. So as a result, you trying to hold them accountable end up uh, getting screwed over. So in conclusion, ACAB stands for all computers are bad. So is that a play? Don't play. Watch a let's play. <laughs> That's a don't play. And if you're looking for something in the similar vein that's done well, uh, for sure you should play Tacoma, which is right. which is a game where you're trying to piece together what happened to uh, the crew of a space station based on recordings of their last few days. I guess alternatively, uh, you could also do uh, Thimbleweed Park if you're looking to investigate murder. Uh, trying to think if there's any others, other games no, no, in that no, no, kind no. of vein. You, you don't, you don't have to name all the games, <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many good ones. Just not this one. There's a good one called uh, "The Return of the Oberdin," which is 
kind of like that. It's kind of got an oh, interesting mechanic. Oh. Yeah. Your insurance have adjuster. Have you played that one? Yeah, I actually have. I don't play many games anymore, but a couple of years ago I played that one. It was great. I loved it. My other critiques of uh, 2000 to 1 are that uh, the actual gameplay, you know, in as much as there is any, because it's really just uh, one of the, it's a spacewalking simulator type game. Ha ha. It's kind of, it kind of rips off uh, the Ace Attorney series where it's, oh, present this evidence, then present this other evidence. And just like some of the worst parts of Ace Attorney, it's like, oh, you didn't present these in exactly the correct order. Although they don't penalize you for it, at least. Which is good, because there's no save game. You don't have to save scum, like, on the DS. (laughs) Yeah. Turn off the system. Turn it back on. Play through a bunch of dialogue. Correct. There is, in fact, no ability to save. So it's like if you get one ending and you want to see the other ending, your options are spend another, I don't know, 40 minutes to blaze through it and or just watch a Let's Play on YouTube, which is what I did. All right. So good talk. I thought you guys would have had more more questions or such. I don't know. Uh, I guess there's not much more to question once we've established what the premise is. <laughs> okay. Thank you for computational respect with Doug Gobeski. What? Computa- what what is what is this computational respect? It's where we uh, it's where you apparently discuss the the computational outputs of programs and how they did. And this time you happened to choose an itchio game called Two Thousand to One. Look, I just I just want I just want you to cut the computational stuff. That's all. Okay, that's not happening. Why not? Why should it? Because we already determined that this segment is all the right ideas with Doug. No. no oh, it's a play on cinema. Oh, wow. That. Ah. <laughs> uh, it always it has to start as a segment. Then it, mm. you know who knows it could become its own podcast. A spinoff. I, I just assume... don't like the idea that I respected that game. That's all. That's what I was offended by. There's plenty of uh, cinematic respects where they don't respect the movie. So it's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> And besides, all the right ideas is your right-wing nut job corner, and this wasn't a right-wing nut job discussion. Well, I didn't, it's because I didn't want you to cut the whole thing. Is why I didn't go on. A, <laughs> didn't go on too much of a rant oh, about uh, how computers are evil, and that uh, the whole idea of oh, we need to respect artificial intelligence is really just an excuse to elevate property rights over human rights. That sounds like all the left ideas. Well, it's horseshoe theory. All the ideas oh, okay. that are left. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard the best. Now hear the rest. <laughs> the leftovers with Doug. <laughs> <laughs> the ideas no one's talking about. For good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Intellectual darkest web. <laughs> None more dark web. It's not so much dark as it's just unobserved. We don't know if it's dark or light. The light could be on, but no one's there. <laughs> empty web. Oh, yeah, so it's the, empty it's the web. dark web, the way space is full of dark matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's most of the internet. Servers with files just waiting. Waiting to be requested and never being served. Wow, that's... That's kind of sad. Yeah, wasn't there a statistic at some point that like 
only 2% of songs on iTunes had like more than some number of downloads, like a hundred or something. Wait, that just kind of implies that people are spamming iTunes with poor quality music. I mean, this is a long ago statistic that I vaguely recall compressed, like probably maybe even 10 years ago at this point. But yeah, at one point it was basically like, yeah, people download essentially the top 40 hits and that's it. Hmm. Listen to any good new to you music lately? I guess the most recent music album that I've listened to is uh, The Seduction of Ingmar Bergman by Sparks from 2009. Mm. Nine, I think. Oh, eight or nine. Wow. Relatively so, recent. Yep, yeah, I'm catching up, except they just put a new album out like a month ago. <laughs> so, well, time to look it up on Spotify. I think it's been on Spotify since like May, and then I think physical releases were possibly last Friday or maybe this Friday, something like that. It was going to be a simul release, but uh, pandemic. Oh, okay. That's but, uh, brutal. So the number one result for Sparks on Spotify is the Coldplay song. That makes sense. And then the band is next. I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue that Coldplay and Sparks were on the same level of popularity. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of the tracks off it. They're pretty good. So, Like the big anthem about how he's self-effacing. <laughs> yeah, um, Seduction of Inmar Bergman was interesting. It's... It's more like an opera is not the right word, but it's not really a musical, but it's like a sun through story with multiple like parts. Rock opera? I mean, kind of, except it actually like it's not just like Russell Mayle singing, right? Like they actually cast people like there's like a I think like a Swedish guy is playing the role of Ingmar Bergman and such. So, oh, it was originally, I think, a Swedish radio broadcast, like, musical play thing. So it was pretty interesting. I don't really know much about Ingmar Bergman, so I don't know exactly how well it handles that. But my understanding is the Swedish people were happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> They're the toughest critics when it comes to Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically the idea is that, like, so, like, shortly after he wins... um the palm door at Cannes for smiles of a summer night in like 56 or something like that. He has some sort of like dream nightmare, not quite clear where he ends up in Hollywood and the, the, uh, the Hollywood studio system tries to seduce him into making their kind of movies the way they kind of did with some of the, uh, other European directors like Billy Wilder and Ernest Lubitsch and stuff like that. It was interesting. You asked. No, no, it's, it's, I mean, just because I kind of regretted it near the end, I did ask, yes. It did actually, while listening to it, I did think to myself, I wonder, Charlie might enjoy this. I might. I, when I, uh, we after we had talked about Sparks, I went on, I, I just streamed a bunch of it. And I really enjoyed it, like for basically a full day at work while I was doing just like electronic chart work. I was listening to it and I was like, this is pretty cool. I assume the album is on Spotify, The Seduction of Ingmar Bergman. It's not really, it's it's not designed to have like specific cuts, like where oh, I can just listen to this song or this song, you kind of got to listen to the whole thing. But, oh, okay. So maybe not while I'm working, but at some point. Yeah, it's about an hour, I think. What about you, Doug, since I assumed you were asking to... Oh, um, Shrug, 
mostly I guess mostly just started listening to some British sea power because I was thinking of Disco Elysium again and the the soundtrack to that game was by British sea power. What and, kind of music is that? Um you actually might enjoy it. Think early mid 2000s rock music but like kind of indie rock. Think like indie rock but still with um loud electric guitars. I guess I've only listened to the the mostly just listened to their first album so far, but it's been good. I've been listening mostly to a playlist called Celeste, which has uh, the alphabet Baby songs Shark. on there. No, no, we did not put that on there. Is it, <laughs> is it just the soundtrack to Celeste? <laughs> which is a great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. I think that was another one of the Itchio games. I should have played that instead. That's it a was. very good game. Uh, there's a lot of Disney music on it. Oh, got indoctrinator young, huh? Well, it's it's easy and it's good. It's good music. I hope <laughs> most of it, not all of it. Paying yeah. you, we and uh, a lot of Moana, and there's one band that's called Lewis and Dan and the Invisible Band, which is like I guess a couple of professors out of Minnesota. Maybe they created a kids album, and that one I would actually recommend. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty funny. Have you done the Verve Pipe? Yeah, actually, yeah. The I don't know if they have a whole album, but there's the the one song they they do because I own it. Oh, nice! <laughs> I found it at a garage sale one day. Wait. <laughs> yeah, my memory of the album was that it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, it's called a family album. <laughs> nice by the Verve Pipe. I don't I don't know if that's on Spotify or not, but this is turning rapidly into an ad for Spotify. I feel like we should get some sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's just. Uh, Take a moment and uh, hear from Purple, and then uh... 2009, a family, a family album. Looks like it's got a kitty on the cover with some birds. Yep. So yeah, it's a mix of Disney stuff, which is easy, and like car actually researching stuff that might be interesting to listen to, but also for children. <laughs> it, it's. A, I think it's important that kids get some Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because they have something to talk to. It's like a cultural language, you know. I don't um, like agreeing with you, but I think I have to agree with you. It's like you can you. take the principled stand and be like, no Disney in this house, but then it's the kid who doesn't know what any of the other kids are talking about. I mean, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, she's not going to be able to talk to anyone for years at this point. <laughs> that's true <laughs> we've already established culture is uh, oh. what we tell her it is right now <laughs> that's true we, get, we have complete control got, over cultural in, input at this yeah. point <laughs> well then you better just sit her down in front of the CRT with VHS tapes of 321 contact <laughs> tell her that it's 1991 <laughs> Well, remember, we did the calculations at one point, and if we split all of human history into equal chunks, he doesn't have to start teaching her about history until she's like 17. (laughs) (laughs) Prior to that, it's just developing from Proto-Indo-European to modern languages. (laughs) Okay. And then there's a lot of learning about how to make spears and things. (laughs) Oh, I mean, at least she'll have a better appreciation for Beowulf than most teens. True. And what if we just go with deep time, like where you only have to learn about like 
Like you don't even get to multicellular organisms till fifth grade or something. Well, I think that's why we just went with human history. Mm. So assuming a hundred thousand years and you don't have control over half over her after she's 18, that's how much time you get. But fortunately, there's not a lot of recorded human history until she's about 16, 17 years old. Because <laughs> it's something like 5,000 years per year. Ah, so you only get one year of the Bible? Uh, yeah. That's going to make it real hard to understand the story of Halo. Well, Halo is, you know, I mean, she doesn't get that until like 1158 <laughs> before she turns 18, right? <laughs> mm, fair enough. Hmm. I don't know. This seems vaguely like child abuse. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are decent folk who don't let their kids play Halo, but <laughs> I don't know that we should be promoting that type of behavior on the podcast. Well, I mean, I guess it's not we. It's I'm just a guest. I don't know that you should be promoting that, should you? Is that, is that the future you want to live in? Has she said anything yet? Oh, yeah. Like a while back, she started saying up. So she said up. She knows head. Oh, so she already knows about Disney and Pixar. Yeah, see, these, this is why Disney's important. <laughs> How are you going to know about Up? <laughs> oh, she was talking about the movie the whole time. I should have left her in her crib. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the TV over there. <laughs> well, here you go. Disney's Up. I don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by Herman's head. This is what she requested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanted the monkeys movie head. Got it. <laughs> Nobody wants the monkeys movie head. <laughs> so uh, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year again, in that it's uh, it's the Barnes and Noble fifty percent off the Criterion Collection sale. Hooray! I mean, not for you listeners. By by this time, it's ended. But for us, living in the past, it's still going. When when does it go till? Uh, August second is what the website said. Okay. They yeah truncated it by like a week, I guess, probably because of pandemic. You know, I feel like if you're in if you're living in the past as you claim you are, wouldn't it make more sense to live? I don't know, a year ago in the past. Just saying. Why not just go all the way back to ninety one? Uh, Blu-ray doesn't exist in ninety one. Yeah, DVDs don't even exist. Yeah, um, it's it's basically VHS and video CDs. And even that might be uh, pushing it. Yeah, and what if you end up fatally wounded in the console wars, too? <laughs> I shouldn't have gone with Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Alien versus Predator, yeah. though. And Iron Soldier. Heck yeah, and Tempest 2000. So anyway, so I, uh, I ventured out of uh, the pandemic apartment cave to go to a barnes and noble and uh they didn't have everything i want because apparently everyone was doing this <laughs> was it okay. busy <laughs> it wasn't busy but there were a couple titles that i was looking for that i went on the day that it oh, like it started and there were a couple titles i was looking for that had already like sold out basically everywhere so maybe they only had like one copy or something, but so consequently, I haven't found War of the Worlds yet or Stalker. I was looking for Stalker as well, mm. and those were not available. But I did pick up some other stuff, some real happy movies like The Wages of Fear, which is about uh, four desperate people trying to transfer potentially explosive cargo across South America. Mm-hmm. 
It's a feel-good movie. Um, right. So before we get too far, I have a question about Stalker. Yes. Does it count as a snuff film if the people don't die until years later? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Well, it was it was filmed in a I think it was oh. an abandoned hydroelectric plant that was full of toxic chemicals, and I believe multiple crew, multiple of the people of the filming crew ended up getting fatal cancer. Isn't the Conqueror the one we're supposed to talk about regarding that kind of thing? I I don't think I've heard of that. That's the John Wayne movie that got filmed like downwind of. Uh, like where they detonated a bunch of nuclear weapons in like Nevada, Utah or something like that, like out that area. <laughs> what? And apparently like a lot of people on that who worked on that movie died of cancer. Ooh. So, yeah. So when you talk about stuff like that, that's actually the movie that I think of. Yeah. But yeah, Doug is right. I do Wait. recall that story about it. I think including Tarkovsky, I think, I yeah. mean, you know, it's hard to particularly attribute that but there was a, enough deaths within the crew that yeah it seems likely gotcha okay uh yeah so i got the wages of fear uh i got the kid which is charlie chaplin's first full-length movie i picked up uh hoop dreams the basketball documentary a film called day for night which is uh francois truffaut it's supposed to be like a comedy about making a movie hmm. and then Wait, uh, isn't that just bowfinger um i kind of got the impression that it's closer to like a christopher guest style movie than a than bowfinger that it's kind of like interviews talking heads sort of thing oh oh so like like what is it for your consideration i think is the one yeah i think i only saw that in theaters once yeah me too like one time and then uh we also bought the umbrellas of uh cherbourg from uh jacques demy who did the young girls of Rochefort that uh, Charlie gave Brand for nice. Christmas one year. Yeah. She really enjoyed that. And so she wanted more, but this brings me to my story about Barnes and Noble in that. So we're at Barnes and Noble and we're kind of scanning through the titles and a lot of them are misshelved. Like they're not, most of them are in alphabetical order, but some of them aren't. So like I was looking for the wages of fear because according to their website, they had it. But it wasn't under W, so I was scanning, trying to find it, and then I eventually found it in, like, G or something. I think probably people just, like, picked it up and then just put it back anywhere. But so one of the employees comes up, and uh, he's got, like, a printout for an online order, and he's looking for two of them. And he's just kind of, like, looking for a while and looking for a while, and he's like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to find these. And I was like, can I help you? I mean, I've been staring at this thing for a while. Maybe I – and I can know – I noticed a lot of them aren't all in the order. Maybe we can help. He was like, "Yeah, somebody ordered Rosemary's Baby and Solaris," and I was like, "Oh, okay. I know I've seen Rosemary's Baby somewhere, and it, yeah, it wasn't in the right spot." And Brand's like, "Oh, Solaris. I just saw that. It's right here." So we handed it to the guy, and then we looked for a little bit, and then we found Rosemary's Baby like on the top shelf, and handed it to the guy, and he was so happy that he went and told like every single employee in the place that we got a free cookie. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we went to the cafe and got a free cookie. Nice. Nice. Ooh. But yeah, the guy was talking to us about how like normally like they'll know about the promotion like two or three months ahead of time because apparently the employees will also take advantage of it because it's a better deal than like their employee discount. So they're also looking forward to it when it happens. 
but he said that this year they didn't even they didn't hear about it until like two or three weeks before it was going to start. And he said they were kind of worried. They were like, has the pandemic taken the Criterion sale from us, too? <laughs> oh, and then the addendum to the story is that today I decided I wanted to watch something different. So I went and bought a branded to kill. I went back. <laughs> you bought what? Branded to kill. It's a Seijin Suzuki uh, Yakuza film. That's oh, okay. Uh, not quite avant-garde, but basically the story, as far as I could tell, the behind-the-scenes story is that Suzuki got kind of bored with just making Yakuza films because that's more or less what he was contracted to do a bunch. So he stopped doing things like exposition or you know timing or continuity and so it's just like kind of like cuts and just like here's a scene now here's a new scene here's a different scene and it's up to the viewer to work out what the connecting tissue is because he's not going to do it for you it was definitely interesting a lot of nudity a lot more nudity than i think i was expecting (laughs) i didn't think we were quite at that point of japanese cinema where they started throwing in lots of nudity but oh yeah that reminds me i watched zardoz recently oh yeah how'd you like it it was very 70s sci-fi Mm, yeah. Um, as, I, as I told Adam, I don't know what I was expecting, but it sure wasn't that. <laughs> a lot, lot more nudity than I was expecting, for sure. Was it also PG? No. I love watching old movies that are PG and just getting boobs, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because it's like- this was... It wasn't quite pervasive, but it was frequent. Uh, definitely rated R. Uh yeah, just like watching Logan's run and just like, oh, suddenly Jenny Agater just took all her clothes off. All right. <laughs> Actually, uh, after I finished watching it, I was like, okay, I wonder if Cracked has anything to say about that. And uh, lo and behold, one of the writers essentially was like, you know what? This this movie, I think I have it figured out. It's a movie about the, the nuclear family triumphing over the dirty hippies. I've not seen it, so. <laughs> oh no, I, I spoiled it. I've only just seen. I've seen the yeah this, the screenshot this picture of <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, you know, wearing what UK's Channel Four described as a red nappy, knee-high leather boots, <laughs> ponytail, and a Zapata mustache. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> it looks goofy out of context. But I don't feel like it was that odd in the context of the movie. It had consistent costume design. No, actually it didn't. The weirdest part was when you saw the unwashed masses in the wastelands, they were dressed like contemporary uh, British people or maybe Irish people. I don't know. I think, I think it was actually filmed in Ireland, but uh that you know they didn't have weird trippy outfits like Sean Connery but yeah it's it was it's honestly if you're looking for a good taste of pre-Star Wars science fiction it's all right you know it's it it tips over into the would watch like would would recommend category hmm interesting I mean, it'll make you think. You you won't understand what you're thinking, but you'll you'll spend a lot of time thinking about it. What am I watching? Yeah, right. It gives you enough connective tissue to at least get a feel for what's going on. And the movie starts out with a gigantic stone head vomiting out guns 
to the Heck people yeah. of Wasteland. So if you're not on board then, I mean, you can pretty much quit right there. But <laughs> yeah, I watched okay. the whole thing. <laughs> oh, you've you've seen it as well. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, it was years ago, but I did. Yeah, yeah. The stone head was great. Sorry, you were talking about Criterion Collection movies, which Zardoz probably doesn't make onto that list. Not yet. Uh, no. Not yet, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Is it on a boutique label? Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guy behind it did Deliverance, so it's not like it's just, it's not like it's Plan 9. Uh, Looks like Twilight Time did a release at one point, but those are always like super limited, so now it's out of print. It's a movie that's bizarre enough and interesting enough that it's kind of got some staying power. At least I feel that way. Yeah. You kind of want you kind of wanted to just keep watching to see where they were going with the story, yeah. to see how it was all going to resolve. And I wasn't upset with the resolution, so <laughs> it was a little arty, but whatever. Uh, looks like if you uh, if you go region free, you can get it region B. Looks like Arrow has a has huh. a version. I mean, you could just do what I did and stream it on Hulu. Well, I know, but I was trying to tie it in with the Criterion. <laughs> Yeah, is anyone else, anyone planning on running out and buying some Criterion? Or are you going to pass, given mm. it's the uh, pandemic? Don't I need, like, don't I need some sort of Barnes & Noble membership nope. to give that discount? Nope, Do not. it is. Uh, if you have the Barnes & Noble membership, or if you're friends with someone who does, uh, it gives you an additional 10% off. Huh. The standard price is about 18 with the membership, otherwise it's 20 which is still... Not unreasonable for a Blu-ray. Hmm. Especially since all of them have extra features and just about really good and they're all yeah. yeah, they're really nicely restored. So Yeah, I'm it's hard to think of something that I would, you know it's like a lot of the fun is in the in the browsing. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to browse yet. And <laughs> after I got the uh Godzilla collection yeah. at the last sale hard to think about anything that i'm as excited about as that so oh by the way uh speaking of arrow and boutique labels apparently arrow is releasing the complete collection of uh gamera ball oh friend of children right some something may want to keep an eye out if you're interested in the radioactive turtle adventures or whatever i I will uh keep that in mind that wait arrow are they so arrow at least in this country, is kind of like criterion for trash cinema. Oh, okay. Oh. So lots of like the low budget horror films and mm-hmm. you know a lot of slasher stuff, things like that. They've started doing some occasional like science fiction stuff. So I have like uh, Twelve Monkeys that they did. It's weird. So Arrow in the United Kingdom, where they're from, is basically like Criterion. And so they have a lot of like those kind of prestige films Mm -hmm. and then, but mostly here in America, it's the slasher stuff, but occasionally like more mainstream stuff comes out, which is why I have an arrow version of the apartment, the Billy Wilder comedy Hmm. comedy might be the wrong word. Hmm. Dramedy. Yeah. I don't know how you describe the apartment. Yeah. Comedy that has a a large suicide plot in it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Wait, what? It makes sense in the context of the movie. Oof. Okay. No, it's actually a, it's a wonderful movie. It's a really well done movie, but I don't know what because I got Brianne to watch it at one point. I was like, it's supposed to be a comedy because I hadn't seen it either. 
And then like we watched it and then that part came up and we were like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we weren't ready for that. So Arrow does a lot of those of the the cult, more culty movies, I think is probably the best way to put it. It tends not to interest me that much outside of a handful of titles. Like, um, I think they have a version of Slaughterhouse Five. I was kind of half looked at, but uh, I I saw that uh, Gamera was was coming to the U.S. So Makes me want to go watch some really early Mystery Science Theater three thousand. It's <laughs> <laughs> apparently that they did a lot of those movies. Like in their, I think that was probably even be you know in their time on whatever local Minnesota television oh, station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before they uh, got picked up by the Comedy Channel, was it the Comedy Channel at that point? It, it might have been. I'm yeah, not. It was a long sure. time. It might have huh? been Comedy Central by then. Anyway, my experience shopping at the Barnes and Nobles here in Arizona, which is, I think, still one of the major COVID hotspots. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, oh. But um, wait, the Barnes and Noble specifically is a hotspot. Just, oh, just stay. <laughs> it's not. It's not Harp. It's no Harpers. It's. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Made the New York Times. Yep. New York Times. Page of CNN's website. Yep. Um, probably not Barnes and Noble because both times I've been there, admittedly, has not been the weekend. It's just been during the week. The one time I went on the weekend to pick up the movie that Charlie ordered for me for my birthday. Thanks, Charlie. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. Um, I, we did curbside pickup for that. But So the couple times I've been in there haven't been weekend. They've been during the week. But I felt reasonably safe because everyone's been wearing masks and there haven't been a lot of people in there. And the one that's attached to the mall, the mall side, the gate is down. So you don't have people passing through to get to the mall. So it's only people who are in there for Barnes and Noble. Oh, okay. Do you do you have? Is there a uh, mandatory mask um, in Arizona now? Or so no. So statewide, there's not. But uh, two, maybe three weeks ago at this point, the governor, um, who had previously been preventing local government from instituting their own mandatory mask orders, relented on that. And said that local places could institute them as they felt necessary. And then at that point, basically everywhere in Metro Phoenix, I think, instituted oh, yeah. a mask order. Oof. I know downtown Phoenix did. I know Chandler did. I know Gilbert did. I know Mesa did. Scottsdale? Um, I don't go up to Scottsdale, so I don't know. And I haven't gone up to Tempe, so I don't know about them either. But I. So you must be pretty low on olive oil at this point, then, huh? <laughs> It's everywhere. <laughs> you just go take your bread and rub it's it outside on a rock. <laughs> um, they actually instituted this thing where robot donkeys delivered the, the oil to you. Oh. oh. It's kind of nice, except that the, the mechanism that they deliver it by is kind of gross because... Oh. You know, you might expect, oh, they just have bottles, but no, you actually have yeah, your like own. Yeah, like on saddlebags. Right, but no, you actually have to have your own bottle, and then they, they vomit it into the bottle. Um, It's a pretty narrow stream, so as long as your neck's not too narrow, you can catch it. And honestly, if you get the invisible oil, it's hard to know sometimes. But yeah, it so it it's not the most convenient way to get oil, but it, it works. You know, pandemic makes you do what you need to do. 
they're they're innovators. Outrageous oil and vinegars. Yeah. Are the vinegars also outrageous or just the oils? <laughs> you know, it's never come up. That's and true. Awesome vinegars. They're completely rageous. Yeah. Rageous. <laughs> Next time we see Frankie, it'll be the first thing we ask. <laughs> anyway, I think we've gone. I think we've gone around the group, and I don't think we got to go around again. I think Paul, you're saved from having to come up good. with another topic. Yeah. Oh, okay. This time, <laughs> I know. I I thought of. Uh, I feel like I thought of some too while we were going around, and now I can't remember them. <laughs> so much the better. You really need to take some notes. <laughs> or well, on that like... note, <laughs> I'm Adam Gobeski, and I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our two extremely regular guests paul wilcox extremely regular it's it's because of all that invisible oil (laughs) it's it's been it's been good it's been a pleasure and doug gobeski yes i'm definitely having a regular one (laughs) what it's like having a normal one Uh, oh i guess i don't know what that one is i've not heard that Oh, you haven't you haven't seen somebody going completely insane in uh, you know on Twitter and someone comments having a normal one. <laughs> I, I don't go on Twitter, so no, <laughs> sorry. Anything about Twitter culture, I probably don't know about. That's our show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report, and you can also follow us on Twitter at GW Report. And check out our website, thegobeskywallacereport.com. That's probably the important bit. Well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there, so if you remember <laughs> one thing, remember that. Not your name, but GobeskiWallaceReport.com. <laughs> More important than your name. found a whole cool playlist of employee training videos wow if you ever uh if you ever go back in time you'll be able to get a job lickety split i don't make that, a job this anymore. is this is how you go back in time to win <laughs> these tasks these tasks had to be done like the crystal pepsi employee training video from 1992 <laughs> what <laughs> don't spit in the crystal pepsi it's I, like something sent out to like store owners like this uh, is why Crystal Pepsi is great and you're going to want to buy it. <laughs> Did you describe a marketing piece as training? That's what it says on the video description. I'm I didn't watch the whole thing. It's 16 minutes long. I'm sure it gets into how they would prefer Crystal Pepsi be displayed in your store. So maybe not necessarily an employee training video but a a, a business partner training video for the convenience store owners and right. grocers that carry the new exciting product crystal pepsi that customers really love well it's ironic because the whole point of crystal pepsi is that you can't see it yeah that's why you gotta really promote it yeah you gotta have the right lighting you can't have dingy colas behind it because then it just looks looks like oh junk. You, yeah there might be Uh, a bottle of coca-cola behind it and people look at it and they'll just take on the coca-cola color and they won't Mm -hmm. realize that it's actually crystal pepsi it can actually only put crystal pepsi behind crystal pepsi (laughs) is that from the video so once you do uh once you get to like i think it's uh 30 bottles 
then it's okay to put your backing there. It needs to be real deep though, so that <laughs> you know it's you can only see Crystal Pepsi until you get into the whatever the equivalent of the no light zone of the ocean is, but Crystal Pepsi. Now I can see why it didn't sell all that well. Most <laughs> stores didn't have the shelving space for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they needed, you needed real deep shelves to properly display it. Which aisles can we get rid of and install our extra deep shelves? Well, no more toilet paper aisle. <laughs> we'll have to go visit the Crystal Abyss. <laughs> yeah. Was that, that what the creature from Abyss was? Was it just Crystal Pepsi? Oh, good point. The, so the movie came first, right? Oh. Hmm. I think Crystal Pepsi is actually made from that creature. Oh, <laughs> yep. I think we think we cracked the code. That's why it was a limited edition kind of thing. They ran out. <laughs> Adam, you here? Yeah, just I don't give a sh- I don't have anything to add about Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> when was the last time you had Crystal Pepsi? Adam? You asked me to bring topics, uh, and I and these are the kinds of things I do with my time. The kinds of topics that I look when three months, three years ago, I don't know, three decades ago, three centuries, three weeks, three days, three hours. No one has started the podcast yet, so I'm just going to be quiet.